here's an odd thing. Direct-to-consumer drug ads so now dominate advertising revenues for big media mm-hmm. that you and I can't get on TV anymore with this kind of message. Mm. They're fearful of antagonizing their biggest advertisers uh, now. So big media has abdicated their responsibility. That's why you see no negative reporting on healthcare on NBC, CBS, or ABC, mm. because they don't want to antagonize their advertisers. So what you're doing, what I'm doing, is so crucial, because they're not going to hear it from TV news mm. or in-depth reporting, because there's no such thing on healthcare. Mm. One of the chapters you write about is, and again, this is where they can come after you saying, what are you talking about? But how you talk about schizophrenia and the mental aspects that may these histamine and these allergic reactions to what we're eating can affect your mood and, and your whole personality. Give us a little history of schizophrenia and wheat. Yeah, that's one of the most fascinating parts of this story. A lot of the initial insights into the harmful effects of wheat consumption came from schizophrenia research. Mm. There was a doctor who spent time in the wilds of New Guinea with a a group of sociologists and anthropologists studying the behavior of 6,000 highland natives who never encountered Western culture. And they traded with these people. They traded beer and breads and cornbread for who knows what, spears and shrunken heads or something like that. And they watched one person in this population of 6,000 who had the overt signs of schizophrenia, which are pretty obvious, right? Mm. One person increased to 65, 65, 65-fold increase in paranoid schizophrenia. Mm. So this doctor, uh, F. Curtis Dohan, brought it back to Philadelphia, where he practiced at the VA hospital. He did something extraordinary, he and colleagues. They uh, operated a 40-bed unit. Uh, all of paranoid schizophrenics. It was a locked ward. They control food and coming and going and drugs. They took all wheat out of the diet of these paranoid schizophrenics. And over a four-week period, watched them improve. Less paranoia, less hallucinations, better engagement in conversation and uh, socialization. They weren't cured. They were just better. Unbelievable. Dr. Davis, because I don't have a lot of time. And on Twitter, you're lighting up on Twitter that I have. So someone named JP said, ask the wheat belly doctor again how wheat turns to fat. His previous answer was not clear. Take us through that. So it's a provocation of insulin. That is, insulin goes high and it causes deposition of of, uh, visceral fat. Now, it's actually worse than that. The gliadin protein of wheat, people say gluten, but a more precise way to think about it is gliadin. The gliadin protein of wheat breaks down the small pieces or peptides that act as opiates, Mm. and they stimulate appetite. That's why people who consume wheat never seem to be happy. Even with a full stomach, they're still grabbing at food. Mm. That's the gliadin-derived opiate peptide. Couple that with the high blood sugar, high insulin of the amylopectin A, and eating wheat is a surefire form of weight gain and fat deposition. And the fat is deposited because the insulin says to the body, put fat around my belly because the insulin went up because what the wheat is doing is driving up your sugar because these building blocks ultimately create more sugar in your blood than eating a candy bar. Absolutely. Okay. And then losing that fat is as easy as pushing away the muffin or the ciabatta. Uh, yeah. That's what I've done. For the last two months, I've done this, and it's unbelievable. I look down on my wetsuit, and I have a six-pack, and I cannot <laughs> believe it. It's not like I did more abdominal training. I just don't have the fat in front of it anymore. You're all walking around with a rectus abdominis muscle, a six-pack. It's just hidden behind a mask of fat. It's incredible. Dr. Davis, that's right. I got to thank you. for yeah, yeah. This is just a beautiful thing. You got me in your back pocket. If you need to promote something, talk about something let me know your book is amazing how can people learn more about you have a website 
there's lots more to read about this stuff in Wheat Belly blog, Wheat Belly Facebook page, the Undoctored blog, Undoctored uh, okay. website. So right. uh, if you just Google any of those things, you'll, you, you can't help but stumble on them. Well, nobody else is going to compare you to Jose Canseco and Rod Serling in the same <laughs> sentence, but the Weekend Warrior <laughs> Show and Dr. Clapper has done that. Thanks so much for joining us. You're doing great work. Keep it up. Okay, thanks so much. The great Dr. William Davis. Wow. All right, time to take some calls. The clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. And I got to tell you, do any of you remember a diner in L.A. called Ships? They put a toaster on the countertop. I love places that put something on the countertop that they're proud of as part of the meal. I'm going to tell you about a place in Ventura that blew my mind. Because when I had ham and eggs, I put this on top of my ham. It was the greatest ham steak I ever had in my life. I'm going to tell you what it is and where I went and where you should go for your ham and eggs. Best ham and eggs in L.A. It's in Ventura. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on ESPN LA 710.